Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and I'm joined by co-host Carla Jo Helms. Hi, guys. And today we'll be talking with Maury Rogo. Uh-oh. Every episode. I do this every episode. He does. Maury Rogo. Thanks so much. Right at like, the top. Maury Rogow. Is that right? Rogo. Maury Rogo. You got both Maury Rogo. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I got both of them wrong. Maybe the company name. Maybe that'll be easier. I don't know. (laughs) Mari Rogo of Rip Media Group about uh, storytelling. Um, Mari is the CEO of Rip Media Group. It's a multimedia marketing agency that uses video storytelling to build brand awareness. And he's currently launching a self-service video service as well. And he is the author of um, many books on what entrepreneurialship, Ninety seconds. Lots of other press. wonderful things. Yes. Lessons <laughs> for producing, a, of producing a winning commercial. And the storyteller. Um, yep. Wow, you guys know your stuff. Yes, it's all, it's all it's all about launching brand, telling a great story, and ultimately getting more sales. That's, yeah, that's I did not I butcher that intro at all. Uh, thanks for coming on, Maury. So, <laughs> You're welcome. It was nice to be here about a minute before we started. Yeah. <laughs> but now, not so much. That's so how much. we make you feel. <laughs> so today's topic is storytelling, particularly with videos. Um, before we jump into that, let's learn some about you and kind of how you got to where you're at, Maury. One of the things that uh, I noticed about you is, and we'll have this in the show notes, one of the places that people can find you is on IMDb. Uh, you don't oh. make videos, but you make movies. That's true. That's true. So um, I've got a very, uh, you know, like a mountain climber story of my career. So up and down and up and hmm. down. So it, it is pretty interesting. And I, you know, I guess, you know, starting at the beginning is I've always felt like if I can help people make a living, if I can get people sales, if I can, you know, help a business grow, I, you know, I will never go hungry again, sort of a thing. And um, so I was really always, I just gravitated towards, you know, marketing, growth, business development. And, you know, I was from a, you know, I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And when I graduated school, there were no jobs. I mean, it was massive. I was just there recently. Really? It's it's a pretty place now, isn't it? Cheesesteaks, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, Philly is cheesesteaks. We have the (laughs) Permanti brother. Permanti Brothers sandwich is our claim to fame. That's the egg and the French fries and the slaw on the sandwich. is about seven inches high, the same. Wow. It is so good. Wow. Plug for Permanti Brothers. I love you. I'll give you my address if you'll send me one. <laughs> well, free um, sandwiches for everybody. <laughs> it'd be great. So, so as what I, I, you know, I went to school, came out and I went into high tech and, um, what, you know, I went into a, basically into a, into a market, had a, had a product that was so complex that it took an hour to describe what, you know, the thing really did and what the value was. I'm not kidding. It was, you know, powerful. What was it? Oh, it was, well, I'll tell you, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a software product that connected offices all around the globe to create a virtual office. Wow. Is, is today's way of saying it, but it was built for call centers. So, you know, if you have five, seven, ten thousand people answering phone calls in your Bank of America, you know, your Wells Fargo, these are our customers, you know, they had individual sites and they didn't talk to, they couldn't communicate with the other locations. So we had a software layer that integrated with the carriers, so like AT&T and, wow. and that sort of thing. And it joined everything together and created one massive virtual call center, saved them millions of dollars. And it was... Um, you know, it, it, like I said, it took a long time to go through the bits and the bites and the speeds and the feeds. And then I said, I wonder if we can just tell a better story 
And I'm not kidding about this. Like, can we tell a better story and just ex- describe a user's point of view? So, hey, at the beginning of the presentation, I said, let's pretend you've got a, a gold customer, one of your really important customers. He picks up the phone and he dials Bank of America. The second he picks his finger up off the A, Bank of America, you know, 1-800. And at that second, in one half of a second, so 0.500, the data about who this person is, why they're calling, what number they called from, what number they called, because it could be maybe a special, you know, special Spanish language for gold customers, the number that he calls. The information about him pops up on the viewer's screen, the call center agent screen, anywhere around the globe, so they don't have to be on hold at all because there's 8,000 people out there. These two sites might be totally booked, but this one's totally open here in Kansas City. Connect the call, the person gets the screen pop. Hi, Bob Jones, how can I help you today? Wow, is that great customer service. What a good story. I would like to see that now because every time I call customer service, I get transferred to three different people and every time I transfer to somebody, they don't know who I am. I have to re-enter my info. I have to, and I'm like, don't you Just have a CRM in front of you? Come on. I have a CRM in front of me right now for a podcast. You got to have a CRM. You're a <laughs> bank and you don't, every person I talk to, I have to retell my whole story and give them all my information. And it's, it's ridiculous. It is. It's, it is ridiculous. It was even worse back then, you know, 15 years ago. And I think what happened now is, you know, through the 2008, you know, just smash up mergers of all these companies, you know, you're calling what used to be a different company, different companies, so their technology hasn't caught up to them. And that software is out there and they should be using it. I mean, they flat out. I think they have it. I think they have it because if I make something up, they'll catch me on it. They just want (laughs) to slow you down. So they pretend like they need you to give you the last four digits again and do all this other steps again. (laughs) They need a breather. Those those call center agents need a breather too. Whatever they can do to buy a little time maybe. They're saying, we don't want this guy to call back. kidnapped in between the time that you went from one person to the other. How can we make the experience bad enough that he'll never come in and complain again? (laughs) (laughs) by all means do not say good morning mr cassidy how are you doing today how can i help it's creepy i guess you know now they probably they have to back off a little bit because it's you know uh, what about what are you facebook are you russia listening in what's what's going on here (laughs) so did you actually tell that story did you tell it effectively did you were you able to help this company i I would say i told it much more effectively than i just did okay (laughs) (laughs) and you told it pretty effectively look we all went into the the diatribe of how bad it is, right? <laughs> so did you prepare for that or were you just like, hey, let me tell you this and then a light shines and you're like, whoa, look what that did. So, no, thank you. Uh, actually, it was, I prepared it. I prepared a bunch of different stories because the way that they had us present, and again, remember this is 15, 20 years ago. Actually, this is even more than that, but you know, they had us go straight into all the technical, technical tech, you know, how it connects, how it does this, all this. And I said, we're not selling to the technical side of the house. We have to get them to buy. We have to get them to buy in, but the business, the quote business, they have to be the one that wants it. If the business wants it, like the, the marketing side, the customer experience side, if they want it, well, they can get the funds for it. So the people who made it all were like, no, we need to show all the features. We oh. have to show this. Yeah, so they need to know about the, the bit rate and the this and the this and the that. So what you're saying is it wasn't a moment of brilliance. It was like <laughs> a week or a month of brilliance. And then <laughs> did the people you're working with know you were going to do this? 
<laughs> so they, well, they, actually, that's that's a great question too. Gosh, we're so yeah. you guys ask great questions. So I remember I had one of the senior guys. You know, nobody was really that senior because it was such a new technology. But one of the guys, he was their very first salesperson, and I said, "Can I can I present him?" It was a big, huge. I mean, they had these huge boardrooms, like forty people in there. You know, all the different businesses. We kind of gathered them all into a room, and I started with that. And he looked at me with this really odd, funny sort of a look. And I, and I kept going presentation. I kept it very interactive because I want to find out what people think and so forth. Anyway, when we finished up, I went over to him and I said, you gave me quite a look at the beginning there. Is everything okay? You know, because I was young. I was, I, I faked my way into that company. I was 27, 28 years old. This guy's, you know, it seemed like old, you know, 40 or whatever. And he was just amazing. Is everything okay? He said, I'd never heard that story told before. I loved it. Do you mind if I use it? Well, he loved it after. He didn't love it when you started. He's like, <laughs> this guy's going off script. He's gone. Tackle him. <laughs> we put the heads of, you know, four major banks into a room and this is what you're going to do, right? Yeah. You're but it just go AWOL on your own thing. That's what I'm <laughs> so That's you didn't pitch story. them on it ahead of time yeah. and get them to say, yeah, that sounds like let's start with that. Yeah, let's, let's out there let's start and hit him with it. And your people were saying, sure. what the hell is he doing? What is he doing? You're not going to the technology. Why are you doing that? And then the other side, I think, is saying, great, finally, that comes in here and talks to us in our own language. We care about yeah. the customer. We want the customer to be served and we want our people to be served and save money. And then I'll tell you where it led to next, actually. So it led to next. The, the next step was I wanted to create this into a video. So how do we create this story into a cool video? And at that time, it was about $50,000 to create a, that little 90-second you know, story into, a, into a, a video. You know, It was going to be in Flash and this and that. Couldn't get it approved. Could not get it done. So I started mocking it up in anything I could get my hands on, PowerPoint and you know, whatever rudimentary tools you know, I, could, I could put together. And it really started working. It spread across the company. We ended up being purchased by Cisco, a huge technology company, Cisco Systems, for, for $2 billion. Now, I'm not saying that my, my story, my presentation, whoop, my story, my presentation um, made that happen. $2 billion, right? Maybe half, maybe like $1 billion. What's a bill between a couple of friends, you know? Uh, slide me, slide me that. So, um, <laughs> So it, it really did help. I mean, it really made a, you know, made a fantastic impact. And then I went to other companies after that. And what I felt was I really want to make sure that I can tell this kind of a story for them. And I want to make sure that I can create videos so that it really becomes the, the salesperson that never sleeps. I was the sales guy that literally never slept because I was flying around here and there. I was young story. enough and loved it. I was like, what if we could do this in video? And it took years. It wasn't like, oh, that was my epiphany moment. And then I started Rip Media Group. It took some twists and turns. And what I did is I said, well, this is a corporate story. Maybe I can learn how to tell a really great Hollywood story, which honestly was the dream ever since I was a kid. Just, you know, spent a lot of time with the TV, probably too much time with the television and movies. And, you know, I had friends that could quote every, you know, every football player and their stats. Meanwhile, I could tell you what, you know, what, uh, you know, what movies were coming out, you know, who was in them, who the director was, that kind of thing. It just was easy for me to remember those things. So I moved out here. So I moved to Hollywood and I jumped in and, and I learned everything I could. I, I wrote stand-up comedy. I did stand-up comedy. I, I did one of the things that nobody ever, I'd say very few people actually get to this milestone, believe it or not, which is I got paid to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> wow. Which, which people don't realize. really hard? It's incredibly hard. When Is it brutal? Use, it's brutal. It's brutal. But it's Ugh. but the feeling you get 
when something that you've created from in, from your mind, you test it out with an audience and they give you that immediate response, it's really like nothing else. I mean, it, it was amazing. Even more than more of a rush than jumping out of an airplane parachuting, think, which I did. Like everybody's afraid to speak in public, right? Yeah. And that's standing up speaking like, here's two paragraphs that we need you to memorize and say in public. Comedy is like, okay, you need to do that. And if people don't freak out at the end uncontrollably, then you're... <laughs> They have to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. We need to speak in public and speak in a way that makes people involuntarily uh, start cracking up. Uh, That's, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. It's and and you're, and you're the writer, the director and the performer. I mean, it sounds crazy, but that really is it. You've got to act it out. You've got to come up with, nobody's writing your material. You're writing this stuff. You can't say like, Hey, I'm an actor. The movie bombed. I got paid 10 million. Who cares? It's not my fault. I didn't write the script. script. Like, no, I wrote the script. I did everything. (laughs) So that's interesting. You you bring that up comedy in marketing. I've Mm -hmm. always thought, and I've seen some other people do it that all companies should hire some sort of a budding stand-up to help them write their marketing stuff. That was one of our guests, Ryan, uh, what's his name? Yep, they have a guy in their their company now. They recently hired a guy that's a stand-up comic and he's in their marketing department. He's just helping them develop their marketing (laughs) stuff. I'm like, that's brilliant because guess who's not very funny? Those are marketing people, but not marketing. <laughs> but, there, but there's so there's I, I'll go with this. Let me expand on it because I, I absolutely believe in that. And I actually brought in one of the I'm going to call him a comedy. He's actually a fantastic comedian. He's one of the best. His name is Greg Wilson. He goes by the Greg Wilson. He performs all over the country. And, you know, he's in a lot of TV shows and things like that. But I asked him to come in and give us a two day. I asked Greg to come in and give us a two day tutorial on how you write comedy to my whole team. And it was fantastic. And some of the things turned out to be really funny and some of the things didn't. But here's what I found after that. You go to the customer and you pitch these ideas, these, you know, these brand ideas, brand stories. Some of them just don't have the guts to do it. And it's, it's not a terrible yeah. thing. Their brand voice might not be humorous, might not be yeah. funny. It might be serious. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's always, a, there's always a place for great comedy and great humor and great fun there truly is if you have the if you have the fortitude to give it a risk. But if it misses, it misses bigger than anything else. Like you know, yeah. that moment of silence, you tried funny and you're a you know, you run the largest funeral home parlors across just, America. Funeral home too. And that's a, you know, when they say it killed, maybe not yeah. so much. So we all go to funeral home. The most funny. irreverent though. You know, if you've ever if you ever know people that run funeral homes, they're pretty funny. I, it's, it's to be, I, that's why I brought it up on vacation <laughs> a few weeks ago. I was talking to this really fun guy and uh, turns out, you know, what do you do? And he didn't really, and he hemmed and hawed and the next day he ended up telling me he runs a funeral home. <laughs> yeah. I'm a grave digger. Not an anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so what I did is I mixed up, um, I, I went through actually and I studied everything. And so I did, I did produce two films. So produced two films, you know, wrote and directed. And then I started finding that I, you know, it takes two and a half to five years each to get these made and released and, and out on the market. So I like that, but I'd really rather do a lot more content in a shorter period of time and get that immediate gratitude you know, gratification, satisfaction that I, that I got as a stand-up in a sense. So commercials and branded videos were really the place. And what I started finding was it's not just humor, it's these five things. These are, there's five key emotions that people respond to that if you can bring them out in either each scene or each video, 
people will gravitate, will remember you, which is the most important thing. And I call it the stuff. So S-T-U-F-F. Is what you're talking about sexy or does it sizzle? Like really interesting, really visual. I mean, it doesn't have to be lingerie and that sort of thing. It can be, you know, amazing special effects can sizzle, right? That's why the Transformers, we know the story, every single movie, but people go spend a, you know, a billion dollars every time one comes out. So sexy or sizzles. And then T is touching. This is also great. Nostalgia. How can I, how can you bring me back to something in my past or remind me, you know, of my, of my grandfather, grandmother, my child. Emotional. Emotional. Touch the heart, touch the heart, touch the mind. And then yes, the, you know, people will remember you. So STU is either unexpected or unique. And this mm. is, I think, one of the keys, if you, and this is why humor works or doesn't work. If you're going down a path and it's expected, it won't be funny. If you do something off the wall and take a big left turn is what it's called, then it actually could be funny. Or just look at Dollar Shave Club or Poopery, these videos that have gone viral. They did the opposite of what you would think a brand like that Squatty would do. Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty is another Rainbow great ice cream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and then, uh, so the two Fs. Funny, we talked about, and then fear. And fear doesn't have to be massive, oh, the, you're going to drive off a cliff if you don't buy this car because the brain, you know, it can be fear of missing out, you know, <clears throat> term in, you know, Silicon Valley FOMO, fear of missing out. So if everybody else is doing this and they're all going to get rich or they're all going to be able to see their kid's soccer game and watch that winning goal, but you're not because you're at the office, well, there's a little bit of fear. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that dad, you know, or mom. So those are the five. So STFFs, you know, sexy, touching, unique, funny, Stuff. and fear. It yeah. sounds like these are all things that elicit motion. Like these are, you know, elicit action. Like you want people to, if they think something is touching or, you know, funny or they're fearful, they're going to. Most likely Whatever. take action on something. Exactly. They're, they're going to, that's true, two things. They're going to remember you. It goes into a deeper memory than just the things, the, the 70,000 pieces of information that fly past us every single day. It gets absorbed and they like you a little more, so they will take action. So right after that moment, right at that emotional high, whatever it is, if there's a little bit of a call to action, people will take that action. So click here, let me email you, let me click on like, you know, whatever it might be that your call to action is, it's very important because you have to move from nice to have to must have. And that's the big game here. So if you're nice to have and it's educational, okay, I learned something new, thanks a lot, eh, I'm moving on. But I must have it if you touched me in some way. Interesting. So you're talking about actual like call to action, something happening. In my mind, the the purpose of the storytelling video was, and obviously you're the expert, so I'm, I'm, here, to, I'm here to learn and ask silly questions, but um, the purpose of the video was more for brand, of these kind of videos was more for connecting an emotion to your product, or but you're saying, I'm sure it can do that also, but you're saying there's, th- these should have a call to action as well. I mean, they should have a hard, um, um, kind of a hard, um, uh, as you said, KJ, get people to move. Yeah. yeah. Illicit action, illicit emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, and again, I think the, the difference is maybe, you know, eight or 10 years ago, you could have that sort of nice, you know, video without heavy calls to action, but the industry has changed dramatically. So everything that we do now has to lead people to the very next step. 
And I think a lot of B2B, you know, I don't know if you have, you know, business to business customers out there, or excuse me, listeners out there. That's uh, our whole, our that's whole, our thing. whole thing. Well, what a, what a, <laughs> that worked out well. <laughs> if there's any B2C listeners out there, you better hang up, go get your podcast. <laughs> Nothing for you here. Move along. Um, everybody can use this, but the lessons the B2C learned now B2B has to use too. So what's happening is people are taking a lot longer to make decisions because information is so available, right? I'm not yeah. just going to, right? If I'm buying a SaaS, you know, a software, a service, something like that, there's 15 of you out there, right? Right. And I'm going to go and look around. So we've got to lead people on closing that CT, the call to action that you just mentioned, KJ, has got to be a small thing, a quick win. And then the next quick win next quick win, next engagement, engage, engage. And it's, and it's sort of the basic, do I know you? That's the ad. That's the explainer video. Yeah, I, I, I get it. There's some, there's some reasons I should make it, take an action here. I, I need to improve my life in this way or improve my work life. And then, you know, know you, like you. Yeah, I trust these folks. Move them down the customer journey. And then if I trust you, then I think I'm going to make that decision. And then I'll actually buy or try or try the, the freemium model or the, you know, try it out for seven days or whatever. And that's where your product has to really step in and you got to keep selling though. Because do I like you, trust you? If you do comedy and it misses, you could, you could lose them there. Like, oh, I don't like this guy. He made a funeral home joke. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Half your, half your listeners are probably gone now that I did that. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even worth it. It wasn't even a good joke. (laughs) But is it, you know, what about you have, that reminds me of something, Sky, that you just said. What if the person is like, you know, really annoying, but you, they, but it sticks with you. You know, I grew up in Texas and we had mattress Mac and he would jump up and down and he would save you money. It was the most annoying commercials videos we've ever seen, but the guy became a hero. I love him today, you know, expanded multi-million dollar (laughs) enterprise. You know, he like does things for like the homeless, for the military. He's like, you know, out oh. feeding all the people when they've, you know, had their homes blown over. And so um, if Carrot Top starts his own juice shack, she's <laughs> the spokesperson, in other words. <laughs> Eventually, I will go drink the juice. So, <laughs> Once you're done being annoyed. <laughs> isn't there like, you know, that maybe that's it. that was his personality, right? But there, like, isn't there a consistency to it? Oh, absolutely. So he's, you know, I would say if you're, you know, going with like, you know, this, this mattress is free, you know, that guy, like, it seems like the mattress people really have some standout personalities, right? They, they do, yeah. right? <laughs> Can't be saying that sell mattresses. Money. And he would jump up and down with a, a pile of cash in his hand, right? <laughs> but he was, he was memorable. And, and back, you know, again, still 10, 15 years ago, six touches, six times that you saw that person, right? That was more of a repetitive, you know, probably radio ads or TV ads, that kind of thing. The repetition would work and you'd, you know, kind of internalize it, but you felt something. doesn't even matter. You're right. If they're you like or dislike them, they're stuck in your mind. So when well, you Well, I would say matters, he was unexpected. I wasn't yeah. expecting <laughs> that to happen, right? <laughs> so, you know, and he kept doing it. You know, it's been, what, 20-something years now. He's wow. you're selling mattresses, I guess icon, you always have right? to be, woo, look at me, look at me, woo. <laughs> hey, over here, hey. <laughs> You could go. You could go with the plush mattress, and it has this soothing thing. You could bring Tom Brady in to sell your mattress. You know that that happened, and then, but it didn't go well. I think your guy, he did it right. He went for fun. He went for funny, and uh, and and stood out there. And I was gonna say the, it used to be what six touches. Now it's eighteen, eighteen times 18. when you have ads like that that aren't, you know, that aren't really 
um, you know, maybe that meaningful 18 touches now to get people to, to purchase. Wow. That's a lot of touching. I feel like marketers are now holding up a, or salespeople <laughs> holding up a doll saying, show me where marketing touched you. Touch <laughs> oh my God. So I'm trying to throw out jokes that lose the audience. <laughs> that's, this, uh, that's this theory. But 18 touches consistency, you know, and you know, being unique, that's, you know, that, that seems to be like, that could be hard for some B2Bs, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, but it's, but it's worth it. The payoff is so worth it. You know, it's, it takes a lot. I mean, especially, especially the B2B world where, you know, you don't want to go out too far on a limb because A, you might lose your job. Mm. B, it might not work. You know, whether it's your company or, you know, you're the VP of marketing or even director of marketing. Some people don't even want to pitch that because look, the, you know, the job market isn't always, you know, what it is right this moment. You know, there you know, it might be a big change and you don't want to be the one that took a swing and a miss. You know, the old saying, nobody ever got fired for buying IBM. I think that's what people feel like. Nobody ever got fired for going safe. Yeah, so let's just go safe. But you took a risk. You went out there and unexpectedly told the story to uh, <laughs> all these bankers or whoever it was. And now yeah. you've got four books and the blueprints of the millennium Falcon on the wall behind you. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't always kill you to take a, you know, to take a risk and put yourself. No, it's, number, it's a uh, big payoff. Absolutely. When I Apple made its, its commercial, the famous commercial with the Olympic athlete throwing the hammer into the screen and everything. Um, they didn't want to run it. Their agency said, no way we can't. Or I think, no, no, Apple said That's no right. way when they saw it, they were like, Oh my God, we can't put this on TV. I don't know what nowadays to us. That just seems like, so what it's a commercial, but I guess it was shocking back then somehow. Um, they took a big risk and, and it paid off. So taking a risk doesn't always hurt, especially nowadays when people get past things so fast. I mean, you don't want to do something that's going to get, make you go viral in the wrong way, mm -hmm. but being more, more human and having more of a personality to your company when you, when you put stuff out there, if it doesn't always land, great. You're making a 20-second spot, a 30-second video that's going on social media. Make 10 more. Right. You know, I mean, look at Geico. I hate to point out consumer stuff, but let's pretend people get uh, business insurance also. Um, they do 10 different concepts they run simultaneously and some people hate half of them, but remember the other, remember all of them. Right. I, I love, the, cave love the gecko, hate the cavemen, love the, I right? Love the <laughs> <laughs> so, uh -oh. Same company, same company, you know. Just, <laughs> oh, it's true. The singing dollar thing, that's the annoying, that's the one that I hate, that stack of <laughs> money with eyeballs on it. Everybody has their least favorite Geico commercial and that then becomes a thing also. Like which Geico, what kind of person are you? Are you a caveman or a uh, lizard person? Right. <laughs> yeah. And they're, and it's, you know, and it's, and I, I think people, I, I do want to kind of caution people though, because what happens is if you're a smaller company or an enterprise company, you know, you're not Geico, you know, owned by Warren Buffett and, you know, like have billions of dollars, like, Hey, I'm scrapping. I got half a million in revenue and I got 50 K I can spend. I don't know where, you know, you, you got to give it a shot, you know, and holding back and just throwing out some little, you know, some little, let me, let me do some ads on, uh, you know, on LinkedIn and some, you know, some Google, you know, you've got to match everything up. Your brand voice is extremely important. I think that's what KJ was saying. So you don't want to step too far out of bounds, of course. I mean, you've got to stay within the boundaries of, you know, who you are, what your personality is. And it leads to a lot of different things, which is really interesting, which is we're now in this world just in the past four years or so where, you know, what, what the heck was an influencer? 
in 2014. I, I don't know. It didn't exist. You know, who are these people that were making millions exist. of dollars promoting products? And, and now know, it's highly... changing so rapidly. I was just reading a story today where, you know, influencer with 2.0 million followers couldn't sell a $36 t-shirt. I mean, it's like <laughs> rapidly changing, right? Yeah. Now yeah. it's a six-year-old who knows how to unwrap a present. Exactly. I'm <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be listening to the kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, like with B2B, what's really... What are some really good do's? Sure. So there's a, so, so there's some, so there's some great, you know, to do's and then to don'ts, right? So finishing out what I was saying before, you know, the LinkedIn ads or this kind of ad or whatever, oh, yeah. if you get them to your site, you still have an incredibly high lose them rate. Yeah. And that's the bounce rate. And that's because when they get there, they're either not sure what to do. They don't like the maybe cheap video that you put together, or they don't like the story there. You've got to grab them. You just went through and got the hardest thing to happen, people to visit your site. And if you're sitting there looking at, you know, 70, 80% people leaving your site, that's money just walking out the door and people that could really help you out and become an evangelist for your brand. So you've really got to grab them as soon as you get there. And that's obviously why I'm a huge believer in quality video that has to be there. Not, not you know, me on a Zoom looking at the two of you right here, but, you know, hey, actually, come on. <laughs> I love you guys. You're beautiful. Yeah. But the, but it's not that kind of video. It's show the value of what you do. And so there, there are some basic rules. I mean, if you think about the rules of, of storytelling, and again, I got this from looking at viral videos, you know, movies, commercials, that kind of thing. It's first, know your audience. Number one, know your audience, know who you're talking to. And the greatest example I always think of is, you know, there was Friendster. And Friendster said, we connect the world. I don't remember if that was their tagline. Friendster, if you remember this, back in the mid-2000s, massive social networking site. Well, at the same time, there was a kid at Harvard that didn't care about necessarily at that point, let me connect the world. It was, let me just take a look at the faces of the people that are in my school, you know, guys and girls, and maybe, you know, which way this will go. It was the Facebook back then, right? And it was just, a, you know, there. And then he went to Yale. Then he went to Stanford. So elite schools, that's it. Target market, basically male, 18 to 21, that's it. Owned the market, knew the audience, and then expanded college to college to college, then expanded out and out and out. And now, of course, you know, we're talking about Facebook. So know your audience and know the messages and the things that they care about. And that can also mean go to those trade shows, go, you know, learn their people, uh, learn their whereabouts, learn the things they like and dislike, and solve their problem. I mean, really, when you get down to it, it really becomes a little bit boring, but businesses find a problem solve the problem in a way that's good enough that people will pay for it. Right. And, you have to make them want your product more than their money. Yeah. Right. They value. And now it's those little purchases. Well, you're solving their problem. That's what you're mm. doing. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you're saying, yeah, I mean, you have to know the audience in order to cater the, the video, the story to, to them. Cause if you're telling a story that doesn't apply to them, it's, it's kind of a waste. It's a, it's a complete waste. If you're so trying to speak everybody, it's a waste. Yeah. What about a B2B sales process, right? I mean, you know what their typical questions are. You know the next step that they usually ask about. They, you take them down that path. I'm not going to step on your question, KJ. I am going to say, let's uh, think about that for a second, Maury, <laughs> and we will answer that after the break. Okay. Okay. Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast. We have Maury Rogau. Not his real name. That's just how I pronounce it. <laughs> today. And uh, we're talking about storytelling through video. We will be right back. 
Hi, my name is Andrea Freirier. I'm the co-founder of Agile Sherpas, and we are an agile marketing, coaching, and training organization. So if your operations are running a little sluggish or you wish you could do more with less, we are here to help. Please come find us at agilesherpas.com. You can learn more about our workshops, coaching, and training offerings. Welcome back to the If You Market podcast. We have Maury Rogow. Rago, Maury. We have Maury. Maury. <laughs> Maury Rogow. I don't know who that guy is, but I'm here. <laughs> On the show with us today, talking about storytelling, specifically with video. Uh, KJ, you had a question right before the break. You want to hit Maury with that? I did. So, you know, we work with a lot of B2B companies, right? And um, you're talking about, you know, know your audience. And, and I could see some of my clients, like they know their audience, but thinking like sometimes communicating to them, they don't, they don't always do it very well, right? right? They speak in jargon or, you know, terminology. They're not very real, right? Right. Um, but the places where it gets the most real, I think sometimes is the sales process. Mm -hmm. Because if you've been in the game long enough, you know what your prospect's going to ask, you know, when they first get into the funnel, second, third, you know, as they go down the line, right? Say like, mm -hmm. what's your process? How does it work? What are the results? What are, you know, deliverables? Whatever, right? Right. Um, and I'm thinking that's, that's a lot of what are our B2B companies, like they know that cycle, right? So what mm -hmm. about videos, entertaining videos to take them through that? Can that be done? It's, it's, it's incredibly important to do. So yes, the answer is yes. You really want to map the customer journey, especially in B2B. So you want to map it out. So if you know that this is coming next and this is coming next, and even generally, if it's 80% of the time, just think of it, that's every time. That's good enough. 80% of the customers are going to go through and just remember, you know, listeners, people are going to do this with or without your sales team. They're yeah. going to go they're going to search online. They're going to take the time at night. If it's a purchase, they're going to go and, you know, find and educate themselves without the salesperson doing a pitch every time. So they're going to be on websites. Customer journey. I like Yeah. That. So the customer journey. So tell you what, I, I actually put this together for our B2B clients or I put, I put a video together for our B2B clients to help them map their customer journey. And I can, if I can give you that link, maybe you can put it in the notes. And Is it a video? That. Yeah. 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 <laughs> put a video. <laughs> And video explaining how to do videos. I'll act like I didn't pre-rehearse this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow you knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, but it but it really is. And again, that video is not a sales pitch in any way. It's just an informational. I did. It's me with animation, but just showing. Here's the general steps, right? From awareness. Do they know you? That's the ad, or that's the the YouTube video that they saw that leads them to capture, which is your landing page to capture that email address, capture a little bit of information. Then they move over to, you think about your process, buying something, right? I'm going to, you know, looking at this new, you know, uh, website software, maybe it's a chat bot or something, you know, okay, that's interesting. I'll, I'll give you some information here. It looks, looks like it might be valuable to me. Now is the time most companies lose. They lose their customer. They're pushing for a demo. They're pushing for this or that. And they start dilute, you know, just sending deluge of information out there. And this is where personality really matters from the salesperson and from the marketing. You've got to be in sync so that when you're nurturing the client along, which is now it's building trust, giving the return on investment, why this is good for you, what it's going to do for you, nurture, and then 
flip them into educate. Now they're going to go out and they're going to absorb you, your, you know, the, all the different companies that are out there, those choices. And then the last step is the convert, right? And this is also a spot where people, I, I said, this is the last spot and that's a great thing. Conversion. Great. We got a customer, but now you've got to start the process again. Yeah. You have to start the process almost immediately, but not in your customer journey in their customer journey is a whole oh, flip. You don't right? have to, only if you want to sell them again. That's exactly right. You don't, yeah, you don't if you to. want to survive, eat, feed the family, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. We had a, we had a episode a while back on customer journeys. And one of the things I, I learned in that was the customer journey isn't something that you create. Your customer has a journey they will take right. and you can find it and map it, or right. you can map something they won't take. And then they won't take the path that you've laid out. You basically have to find out what path they will take and then, and then lay that out in front of them. Um, and and so speed them through it as much as you can. But if you, if you try to skip steps and they don't want to skip a step, you're going to lose a customer. Right. right? Very they're, difficult they're to force them through a path that isn't the path they would naturally take. So yeah. I would call this B2B customer-centric storytelling. This is yeah. really what we're doing, right? Yeah. Well, there's the title of the show. <laughs> so Maury, <laughs> question on the video, how do you balance, I mean, you want to tell a story, right? But you have to have a call to action, but you kind of need to let them know what your product does as well. So mm -hmm. you have to have some sort of feature talk in there, but you don't want to just be like a bunch of features and a puppy running in a field. <laughs> and we're going to make you happy. So you got to have some kind of sales and marketing jargon type, how do you balance all those things? Are they yeah. all part of the video? Is there some sort of magic uh, balance I, of those? I think, I think we discovered a little bit of magic in this. Honestly, I think we got a little bit of magic. So I think the way not to do it is just think about any uh, medical video, you know, medical commercial that you see, you know, whether it's, whether it's Viagra or, you know, hippopotamus. I mean, I don't know the names of those things, but you can tell there's a little bit of nice, um, you know, if you're feeling this or that, oh, I'm sitting in front of a TV and I feel a little worn down. <gasps> this might be for me. Good opening. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever then felt tired or not? Try Zizix. Right. Zizix. Ask then your doctor about uh, right. Then, it, but then it goes through the whole diatribe of now in their case, it's all the regulation they have to go through and we don't promise anything. This might actually kill you. You know, three out of four people die, you know, that kind of thing that you can't really pay attention to. But that's what happens to our minds when we're hearing all those features with a tech company or a SaaS company like, and you can do this and this and this. Well, now you just lost me. It's just like that pharmaceutical commercial. So what I like to do is separate the videos in that customer journey. So the most important is why. So start off with why it's important, then get to what it does. And you can mix a little of that together, why it's important, what it does for me. Okay. And now the how you do it, that's a separate video. That's the demo. That's the walkthrough. That's the screen shares. That's the features, that kind of thing. We just want to capture some information here and get people to say, I'm interested. And this is cool. And so let the why sells them on like, hey, I like these guys. I might watch another video. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to, I mean, we forget this as marketers, but you know, it begs repeating. You don't want to give them all the information you want to have because once you do, it satisfies, it quenches their thirst and then like, okay, good. I got it. It doesn't compel a reach, right? You want to have some sort of come on to some. You have to leave them right? wanting more. Have yeah. to. Think yeah. of it as dating. Think of it, you know, anything like got to leave them wanting more. 
you know, so they come back, you know, so she wants to see me again, you know, that kind of thing. And, it, and the other thing people do is, especially the technology companies, they're, you know, they have, I call it founder-itis, which is they're so proud of the technology they've come up with, which they should be, but they're so proud of it. They want to tell the world about all that. All that stuff is just categorized as how, how you did it, how at some point they're going to want that. But right now they don't care about that at all. What percentage of people what really is, does want for me? Yeah. Spring? Yeah. What yeah. percentage of people really want the how? I don't know. No, not, I mean, at, at some point back in the educate phase, you know, down the road when I'm about to buy, how does this thing really work? Mm. How am I really right. going to implement this? Okay, now I want to know how, but not at front. I feel great, but what does it actually do? I, I ask those questions in the demos. I'm like, yeah, okay, I need to be sold emotionally. And I think kind of everybody fits this probably. Like I need to feel like, yes, I need to move forward. This is going to be good for me. But also if it doesn't have the features I need, you know, does it do this? Does it integrate with that? Then it's a no-go for me. Right. Um, so yeah, I think those things are all important and you have to be able to present them to people, which then comes around to in the consumer world, okay, you've got, you know, five, six different commercials taking people down a path about your product and you know your demographic, you know your audience, and you know they're going to be watching these certain shows. So you show them on those shows and you show them in, you know, over time, kind of you lead them through experiencing your product and the why and the what and the how. In B2B, how do you present these videos to people? Like how do you get them in front of them, get them to actually view the videos? Oh, sure. So, um, and there's a lot more rules. And in fact, I'll even give you a link to a presentation that lays out like 10 rules of what you should Another do. video? Boring, fine. Take your boring bullet points. Can't, don't you have a white paper I can read for <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Would you rather watch 90 seconds of a video or a half an hour white paper? You oh, 90 seconds. <laughs> give me a half hour video over a half hour white paper any day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, That's so, a lot of um, bathrooms, guy. <laughs> little little <laughs> trick. Most different kind of white now, paper, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most computers now have a uh, text-to-speech function. What I've taken to doing when I have some sort of long document and I'm a slow reader is I just have the computer read it to me. I pick an accent I like and say, read it. And I just sit back and <laughs> oh, it's great. Okay, mate. Let's do uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're really bad. The Scottish accent going. Yeah. Or sounds like James I, Bond. Broad I wish they had more. I, I want to pick Mr. <laughs> T or just different celebrities that can read it to me. <laughs> so but with a video, you can do that, right? Hey, I mean, you can hire somebody who does idea. impressions and have them do your video as different people. Um, Absolutely. Well, you know, we, so I had been looking, this is actually kind of a funny uh, side note. I've been looking for a James Earl Jones impersonator because his voice is amazing of the past century. What other voice besides Darth Vader? I mean, can you really like recognize in a half a second? So uh, <laughs> a customer called us and they actually had James Earl Jones no. ready. And so I, there was every reason in the world that I had to do that, that video. So we made it I'm happen. A but they had him lined up like oh, a yeah. founder's company or how did they Just get recorded a year ago? Yeah. That's James cool. Day. What about Sean Connery? Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to attempt the original <laughs> bond. By the certain ball. people, anybody can do the voice, right? So why get the person when you can just have somebody do a Schwarzenegger that's just as good as Schwarzenegger? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
<laughs> like if you do a commercial and you have five different celebrities voices done by a voice comedian do they come to you and say hey you didn't license my Jim Meskimen it's, it's, yes it's, it's called a cease and desist order <laughs> wow and you're like hey Sean guess what you don't own the Scottish accent we didn't use your name we didn't say it's Sean Connery we just you know had somebody who sounded Austrian Mr. Schwarzenegger Mr. Schwarzenegger <laughs> Like, what do you mean cease and desist? Usually we can't have Austrian people speak English around here. <laughs> um, I, I suppose they would call BS on that. <laughs> it might happen. Sorry, right. that was random Scottish. We, we usually, yeah, we usually play it pretty legit. Yes, you definitely could do that. We, we usually play pretty legit. But I, I don't remember your question. <laughs> Sean Connery in Scotland being like, hey, stop using my voice. <laughs> walking down the street like, cease and desist. Get back here. Funny penny. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, our listeners have lost it. They're thinking, what is, what is happening with them? That's They're not the only ones. I, I'm actually in the same boat. <laughs> None of us remember the original question anymore. Okay, what was, okay, well, let's think of another one, right? <laughs> so Sean Connery and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger walk into a bar. Okay. <laughs> and they're selling a SaaS product. <laughs> Where's video going? Maury. Okay. So you, thank you. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. So I think, so I think all the things that we've talked about, so, you know, people want, they want to be heard, right? They want to know that you understand my problem and you can solve my problem. And yes, in exchange, I'll either give you my email. If you think, if I think you can do that and I'll pay you, if I really feel, I know you can do that. And I said, feel on purpose because even accountants feel things, you know, you know, the people that we think are so straight laced, they want personality and have personality too. So, you know, touching people, getting emotion out there is number one. Number two, get people uh, on their terms, be relatable. So personalizing content is the next step. And that's actually why I started this new offshoot company so that people can go in, they can take their videos or use our, our videos, our high quality videos and personalize them. So you can put in JK or sorry, KJ. <laughs> JK, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, they can put all three, KJ, JK, and Sky into the video, put in your location, put in some demographic info, video mixes and is emailed out to them and then tracked. So, you know, it's really outbound video marketing or video email, but not done in this sort of, you know, uh, record me on a, you know, kind of, you know, with a cheap camera and that's, that's a, that's not personalized video at its highest degree, really personalizing content and really making it high quality. That's where video is going and interactive. You know, when video came out, it was all flash. We could actually watch video and say, you know what? I like that jacket that uh, Angelina Jolie is wearing here. And I could click on it and it would take me to an ad for the jacket. I could buy you that. You just got a cease and desist. You said you can't say Angelina. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Can you do the invitation now? <laughs> so, go on. So, um, <laughs> so I think it's uh, I think it's all about personalizing content, interactive content, because people don't want to exit a video to go click somewhere else to find, to you know, to find you know where to get more information. It should all be done right in the video. So, you know, we combined all those pieces: the personalization, the interactivity, and put it in video. And people can create these. In, and I'm not kidding; they can create a video and as fast as they can type, say 12 seconds, put a couple of names in and address and, you know, and it's off on its way and it's going to become your, your salesperson. So Damn. I invested in that. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's going to be very cool. We already have customers lined up and 
Um, it's called the video bot and I'm happy to throw it out. Yeah, I can throw it down in those show notes again, a, like a promo. Yeah, throw it out throw here as well. We'll like put that. it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Give us info on whatever you want to give away to listeners, uh, to, uh, to try that out. What was it called again? Do you think any listeners are still here by the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, called, it's called the video bot, the video bot, like the video robot. And I'd be happy to, to put some in, information down below. I think it's, I think it's just going to be just go off the charts. I mean, it's going to really be helpful to, to companies that are looking to grow and to, to get more customers. Um, so those are the three things that I think are, you know, the, the trends in video. So emotional, personalized, interactivity, and everything has to be relatable because we're going down to micro, micro markets. You know, it's not just big, massive markets. It's really own a micro market and then grow and grow. Awesome. And the, the question that I had that I kind of stepped on with a bunch of terrible Sean Connery accents was about <laughs> how to deliver it to them. How do we get the B2B audience? Is this posting on social, um, sending links and emails? Like what's the delivery mechanism for the video, which is the delivery mechanism? Right. Of course. So, you know, the, you know, video files are big, they're heavy. So you don't want to really be emailing those out, but you do want to send out a, uh, you know, a uh, kind of a thumbnail or screenshot. And again, that should be the most personalized piece of content that you have. Again, if it's literally personalized, like to Sky, that should be showing up in the in the thumbnail. But it's as much of be everywhere now as you possibly can be. And for B2B, I think the, you know, typically the low-lying fruit is if you can figure out how to work LinkedIn. Yeah. For working LinkedIn, you should really be there. I know LinkedIn ads are quite expensive because they're so targeted, but you can make your feed grow and grow. And just from, as an example, just my own personal feed, obviously I own this you know, video production company, but my personal feed, I put out there with things I want to see. I want to be inspired. I want to feel good. I don't want bad news. I don't want political battles. So I put inspiring things out there, kids that made products, kids that are entrepreneurs and they're, you know, this took off like a rocket or really cool videos that sizzle, whether it's ours or somebody else's. I put that content out there and my following went from 4,000 roughly a year ago to I'm over 10,000 now. Right. So one trick I've noticed on LinkedIn is they don't like it when you leave their site. No, they don't. So when you do post, like if you're going to post a video and you have it on YouTube, you don't want to link to the YouTube video. You want to actually put the, the video on LinkedIn. And then I've seen what some people are doing is they'll put a post on LinkedIn, but they need to direct people somewhere. So then the, any links they put in a comment uh, right. right after they post. And that way you can get more of the natural um, traction. The other hack is don't put it in when you post it, but then go back and edit it right after it's posted and you can put the link right in there. You don't uh, have to put it in the content. That's the other hack. Tricky stuff. They'll figure out how to, uh, <laughs> how to punish us all for doing that eventually. But, and then one thing is I, also if you, if you write an article on LinkedIn and put the stuff in there and then just link to that. Right. So they want you to live inside LinkedIn, your content to live in LinkedIn. They're so well. greedy. <laughs> yeah, but they're not making you pay for it. They're still letting you get the natural traction. So I'd say um, do what they want. Do what they want. Yes, go the, go along. Get the free you traction. <laughs> so I, th I think LinkedIn's a great place. I do think that you know if you have somebody that's really good, you know that's uh, that's good with AdWords and that sort of thing, you can put those out there. You know, YouTube videos and just the openings and like little six, eight second clips because that's all people are going to watch. YouTube. You know, when it comes up and there's an ad, we're going to wait, 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 and then click out of there unless it's something really engaging right in the first four seconds. So you've got to be really good at that and grab people there. So I do think YouTube ads are selling for extremely cheap right now. And the other thing that I found interesting is a lot of people are, 
you know, in the B2B space are testing out their ads on Facebook to see what works well. You know, you can put little, maybe they're the less expensive versions, or maybe it's really your good version, but try different audiences on Facebook, not necessarily trying to win, but to see where you should put your heavier money into for Google and for LinkedIn. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, downplay, you know, Facebook in any way, but it's not really the B2B home like the other ones are not. Yeah. And then the, you know, the other thing is get out as much as you can with partnerships, with affiliates, with, you know, doing things like guest blogging and guest podcasting and that kind of thing. You got to get your, your content out there in as valuable a way as you possibly can. You can't be putting promos and, and ads everywhere. You've got to put really rich, good content out there that people will say, yep, this person knows what they're talking about. I got something out of this. I'll follow them. It's a much I longer path. The, uh, rather than making, a, a white paper and maybe you make it anyway, but then make a video out of it so that people who want to absorb that content can absorb it in video form and not have to read through it. Like most people don't want to much rather watch a video at some point than go through all the ins and outs of your, uh, of your, of your product. So even if it's not a little commercial, maybe make a longer presentation video of the massive content that you create. That's not video. And so people can absorb it in that, uh, in that format. I know it's Absolutely. a little off the storytelling topic, but no, no, um, I think it's, but I think it's, it's multi kind of multi-platform storytelling, to be honest with you. It's right. how are you going to, how are you going to spread your story out? It's not just video, but it's everywhere. And then don't forget to tag people. You know, if Gary V is in your space, for example, make sure you tag him and ask him what he thinks or see if he'll even give you a share or something along those lines, whoever the influencer in your space is, you know, it might not be somebody, you know, big like that or the Seth Godin's, but you know, it could be, you know, Joe Jamunk, you know, down the road. That's, that's you could be tagging your prospective, you know, uh, clientele Absolutely. in your network too. Don't forget to use hashtags. Very important. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one th- another LinkedIn thing. I, we're getting off the video a little bit, but as long as we're here, notice they've recently added hashtags to LinkedIn mm-hmm. and you can look and see the hashtags and see which ones have a large audience. And of course, you're not going to grab something completely not related, but don't come up with your own hashtags. Look at the hashtags that you can join and see which ones have millions of followers versus 32 followers. Right. And, you know, use the hashtag that has the larger audience and, unless you really want that niche audience and that's, that's really what you're looking for. Yeah, um, and, and the, other, the other thing that I think people don't think about, and this is really, you know, getting down to where like growth hacking here kind of thing, but the groups, you know, groups on LinkedIn and the groups on Facebook. I don't do a whole lot on Facebook, but I do in the groups on Facebook, which are really, you know, some of these business owner groups, some of the, um, the entrepreneurial groups, they're, you, know, you can tell after two days of, you know, taking a look at the comments, whether it's just a, just a pitch fest and people are just pitching ideas, you just get out of that group and you go to the one where people are really trying to help each other. It has a good Sales moderator groups are the best. Everybody's like, yeah. don't buy my product. No, buy my product. No, buy my product. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, join the sales group. Brilliant. <laughs> you can get out of those quick, but there, there are a lot of groups. And then you can share your video into those sales groups. I just did that um, earlier this week, I think. And I got, you know, uh, roughly 100 likes, thousands of views. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, very, very pleased with that. And, you know, I'm not looking for millions. We're not going, I'm not trying to go viral here. Um, you know, but just putting good, consistent content out like, uh, like KJ was talking about earlier. Awesome. We are running out of time here. Um, we ran out of time. Yeah, we ran out of time. <laughs> Maury, any last thing you want to put a, 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 put a, a point on here before we finish? Um, sure. I, I really, I mean, you've got to know, you've got to put the right message out at the right time along the customer journey. That, that's really it. You got to map out your customer journey and you can walk people through without the expense of, you know, B2B salespeople in, in a lot of cases by putting the right videos in the right spot that walk people through. And then 
you get the closers. And those B2Bs folks are the ones that can close the deals and bring them on in. So I think that's a, it's a, it's a really good strategy. It's what we do. And it's kept us up in the seven figures, which is a happy place for us. And uh, it's worked even when I went out to have a, a baby and before that get married, you know, with a lot of time away and it still was plugging away for us. So it works. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. Yes, um, thank you. Listeners, thank you. you can find uh, Maury on LinkedIn. Just put his name in there. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. Also, uh, ripmediagroup.com. Um, and what's the domain for the, uh, the video bot? It's just that, the video bot. The video bot.com. I think you should shorten that to video bot. That's my <laughs> Facebook moment. Um, it's only cost you 10 grand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so check out the show notes for all that. Uh, please uh, share us, uh, share the podcast on social media, tell your friends, tell your colleagues. Um, and uh, on behalf of Carla Joe Helms and the If You Market team and Maury Rogue. You want to say your name for me, Maury? Maury Rogo. Rogo? That Rogo. guy? Maury Rogo of um, Rip Media Group. Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with storytelling videos, they will come. Well done. All right. Thanks, Maury. Thanks, Maury. That was The If You Market podcast is brought to you by Mountaintop Data. And at Mountaintop Data, we're all about data for B2B marketing. Our goal is to improve the quality, depth, and coverage of our clients' targeted marketing data while removing the technical pain of accessing and implementing data. We help with everything from new target contacts to appending and cleaning existing data, all with the goal to free you and your team up to focus on creating great marketing experiences. Check us out online at mountaintopdata.com and sign up for our new top data search tool and get free access to search our database of over 30 million business contacts. Use the code hashtag IYM when signing up and get 200 free credits. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.